on, everybody? Well, not too much, Connor. Yeah? I mean, in cur- at current, I'm sitting here with you, sitting here with Brian. I'm sitting we're just, here with you. We're, I think we're all a little toasty. <laughs> uh, it's a mixture of like being toasty and being cold. You know, it, the, the <laughs> weather is definitely weird. I yes. need more blankets and, and less blankets. blankets. My God. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing that got me toasty. I actually just sent this to you. But uh, so the next big novel in the High Republic series is coming out, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, it's going to be called uh, The Rising Storm. Um, so this is a follow-up to what we uh, had already reviewed, uh, Light of the Jedi. Yes. Um, and they released for Target and Barnes & Noble, respectively. They each have their own uh, unique covers and like little posters that come with them. It's pretty freaking cool. So like for the Target one in general, the, the cover itself shows a bunch of Jedi standing on which looks like uh, rocks or plifts, if you will. Yes. Is it plifts? I don't know what the word is. I don't. Th- I think the word you're looking for is plinth. Plinth. I mean, I don't think that's what you mean. Maybe I got plinth and bluff combined, <laughs> confused. That might be. Either way, standing they're... on a fjord. <laughs> they're standing on an exposure of rock, if you will. That <clears throat> a rocky I... outcrop. Yes. yes. Ooh. Wow. What other ways can we say this? Come on. What, let's keep this going. <laughs> um... <laughs> Geography terms. <laughs> <laughs> on a rocky isthmus. <laughs> Hemispherical. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it because we said. Well, how about the poster that comes along with it? So I'm. This is um, the big baddie. I yes. can't think of his freaking name. We, well, it says Martian. it on the, yes, it says it on the poster there. I'm sorry, I missed that, I missed that completely. Mar- Martian. Martian. Like Martian, but yeah, I was like gonna say like, like Martian. Yeah, it's a little stretch, you know, Sick. How it goes. but it's cool to actually see what he looks like. You know, like we talked about like wanting to see him in the comics and everything, and now we actually get like a good look at him. Yes, and so he he has the big glowing eye, which we kind of like surmised from the way they described him. He is the eye of the Nihil and everything, so I think that's pretty cool. Yes, and then we move on to the Barnes and Noble exclusive cover. It has three Jedi. Uh, surrounded by more Nihil, like ready to go, which I think is pretty cool. And then the character poster is actually very cool. It's the Chancellor, Chancellor Lena So, and she has her big cats with her. And the big cats are just big lions with like they, forked tongues. With forked tongues. That's pretty cool. It is cool. Oh my God. <laughs> so, I mean, like, as, if you had to choose which one to go for, like, I mean, uh, epic wise, or I mean, just uh, exclusive wise, which one do you think you would go for? Well, I think I'm slightly favoring the uh, Target one, mm. but, you know, TBD. Oh, no, I hear you. I mean, it's the same thing with this, because I, I like both of the concept arts. I like the concept art for Marciana. I like the concept art for the chan- the Chancellor. Um, I think cover-wise, my favorite one is probably the Target one. Yes. Just because I, I, I like the image of... Because uh, it, it kind of brings to, it brings more line to Light of the Jedi, how that one was presented. Yes. But I don't know. I'm excited to get at it. It's going to be coming out soon. Uh, it's available June 29th. Um, I know I just finished the the Thrawn book, so I'm going to be looking forward to either getting the... I'm going to have to get the, the Alphabet Squadron book next so we can catch up on all that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, start- I'm starting to get into it a little bit further. Uh, so so we, we'll definitely be covering that before too long. Oh, yeah? Yes. Oh, well... In other news, Utaputa, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greeter Shot First. My name's Connor. And I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars. And as always, we're joined by producer Brian. Brian, what's going on? Howdy. Howdy, how you doing? I'm doing well. 
Yeah? Hanging in there. Did you see the covers? What do you think? Anything st- uh, step out to you? Uh, I'm a big fan <laughs> of Rocky Outcrops. <laughs> Shout of out course. to Rocky Outcrops. Bluffs and Tufts and Plimps and Tims. You could call it a butte as well. A butte, a butte. yes. A peninsula. No. no. Nah. No, that's a different thing. <laughs> a cove. Nah. I don't know. I, every so often now, for the whole episode, mind you, I'm just going to be thinking of different types of... <laughs> different uh, landforms. <laughs> a Bering Strait. No, that, that's actually a place. That's... Yes. Sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, to that end... Um, I am excited to keep going on with books and everything like that. Um, I know I had just said it, but I wanted to go double back. So I did finish recently um, the great, or was it Lesser Evil? I believe was the second book. I honestly can't keep them straight. I know because there's there was a Chaos Rising. I think it's Lesser Evil and then Greater Good. Greater Good is the one that's supposed to be coming out later this year. So I've finished the middle book so far. Um, just a real quick like uh, overview of it. I was very enthralled with it. I'm usually enthralled with anything that's thrown as it is. Um, but I'll be excited to go over it in more detail. And I think the way I described it to you, Andrew, when I, last time I saw you was, uh, this is probably the most rural book I've ever read that, in, that involved uh, Thrawn. And I only say that as a smallest point to, because there's a, a point of view from a rancher. Oh. So it's it definitely like, it, 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 it goes from, you know, the stars and the chaos, if you will, and it goes very, very minimalist, and you're just following the the life and adventures of this one rancher. So, so. it's it's more like uh, the Grapes of Wrath meets Star Wars. I'd say like and... Old Yeller. <laughs> you know, cl- classic family fun. Less famine and breastfeeding. <laughs> well, yeah, you know how it goes. But <clears throat> to that end, uh, I'm excited to get to it. Um, how far would you say you're into it? I know you were giving a little preview of it. Or no, you're reading uh, Alphabet. Yes, I've just cool? been on. Well, I mean, I'm I'm getting there. As I say, I'm I'm putting putting pedal to the metal as much as possible. But it's, <laughs> uh, I, I I mean, so far, like you can, it feels better. Like I do think the the Alphabet Squadron books in general are better read than listened to. That's for sure. Um, like that goes back. Well, we'll get into that later. Yeah. But like I'm enjoying <clears throat> it. But it's still like okay. There's like a lot here that. A lot of information. Disentangling and disentangling. Was it like, was it the same for you that whenever you picked that one up, uh, you forgot a lot of details (laughs) and it's like, oh, that's right. There's so and so and this is what they're involved with or something like that. There's still a lot that I just don't even, like, I. I'm like, yeah, I kind of remember something about that, right. but it's not registering that's, yet. <laughs> that's basically how I felt about uh, the Lesser Evil book. Because mm-hmm. there were some moments where I was like, this name sounds familiar. And it's like, oh, that's right. And it made me think of when we did a first review for the first book. Mm-hmm. You know, we were going through all the different like family names. Yeah. And this book, it goes way beyond it now because it's not just nine rolling families. Now there's great, there's 40 great families. Mm-hmm. So it gets even more... Like convoluted and confusing, but, yeah. You know, does it, <clears throat> does it contain any sort of like dramatis personae or anything like there that? There is, there isn't like uh, like a a little like uh, itinerary at the book, like an index. There's uh-huh. one at the beginning. So before they had an introduction to who would be you know playing their major roles here and there, and I believe it's the exact same thing, but it's a much larger list because again, this time instead of just getting the name of the nine rolling families, there's a new introduction to the forty great families. Oh, jeez. So there's an even smaller <laughs> subsection. So it's the the rolling tier is the nine great families, uh-huh. and then there's a subsection of the forty 
roll uh, the 40 great families and it's nine rolling families 40 great families and then underneath that is the the citizen the, the other the, ones the low life that's where the rancher comes in i see so it, it, that's what i'm saying like timothy zahn has all the room in the world to like just make what this yeah. is his own yeah you know this is just like his universe and <laughs> like, there's just a very faint reference because uh, this one character oh my god if you, let's put it this way if you came to the prequels for the politics, this book's for you. <laughs> That's the way I have to describe it. Uh, but not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that it's, yeah. there's a lot of heavy detail. Fair enough. Well, that being said, um, we are here today not to talk about those books, even though they are fun. Uh, we're here to talk about uh, droids. Droids. Droids in particular. The ones that you are sir, looking for. Yes. Droids. <laughs> yes, sir. What? <laughs> Look, sir. Droids. Oh, God. So, yes, we are doing a droid draft today. Um I well, guess the, the easiest way to describe it is where uh, Andrew and I are going to go back and forth. Uh, we're going to do, would you call this top five overall, top five best? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's, of, yeah. We're not, pick, right. You know. We're not necessarily, um, I mean, it's not like previous drafts where we kind of were putting a crew together. Tr- yeah. Putting a crew together. We're not necessarily, uh, we're not recasting, mm. uh, you know, anything. This is just like, we are doing a competitive head-to-head draft mm-hmm. of our favorite droids. And why they are our favorites. Yes. I think like, so like for my my end, I have a few of their exploits written down, where they're known from, stuff like that. Love it. Yeah. So we'll go into detail. And I think at the very end, well, we, we, would you want to do like for my number five pick and then you number five pick and then shoot the Duncan and see who he chooses? Or do you want to save it for number one well, and then have him choose overall? Well, so I guess in this instance, we will count down from one to five. One to five. Because this is competitive. That's so true. So if somebody, so like if you take one of mine, I have to choose somebody else. That's fair. Um, but so we'll go one to five. And I think we'll just go at the end. We'll see who who kind of comes out on um, top. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm buttoning in at the end. I'm just going to pick the stronger, the droid we'll, crew. Yeah, fair. we'll put it up on Insta. We'll do a poll, I think. <laughs> I'm down for that. I'll say as much as I have, I think I only picked uh, six, and I was just one's a wild card more than anything else, and like just just in case, because I was trying to think a little bit out the box to see where we go for it. Um, so why don't we do this? Uh, we don't have coins because no one could ever remember coins. Oh, I have a coin. You have a coin. I do. We'll do a coin flip. It's a special one. <gasps> oh my god. Harvey Dent. I didn't realize you were a Harvey Dent. That's right. Oh, my God. He's got a silver dollar, everybody. All right. Would you like to flip or you want me to flip? You, uh, I'll flip. Go ahead. You flip. All right. Uh, Andrew, to call it? You call it. I called it last night. All right. You ready? Winner goes. Call it in the air. Okay. Tails. Heads. Hits it heads. heads. So I go first. <laughs> so Connor goes first. All right. Uh, so here we go into the draft. So we're doing one to five or five to one? One to five. All right. First round draft pick for the droid draft pick. First overall pick in first the overall pick. 2021 droid fantasy draft. The Arlette Confederation uh, chooses uh, C110P, otherwise commonly known as Chopper, or simply Chop. Chop All right. is my number one pick. I think that's pretty obvious. The strong pick right out of the gate. <clears throat> well, I should just give a little background on him. Chopper was a, a masculine 
And that's how they describe it on uh, Wikipedia, I should say. A masculine C1 series astromech droid manufactured by industrial automation that was active during the Clone Wars and the early years of the Galactic Empire. He was a member of the Spectres, rebel cell led by Twilight Captain Harris Andula and the Jedi Kanan Jarrus that fought against the evil Empire. He was responsible for maintaining the Ghost, a modified v uh, VCX-100 light freighter, which was served the rebel cell main base for operations for years. During this time with the crew of the Ghost, Chopper took part in numerous raids and missions against Imperial targets. Due to his old age and lack of regular maintenance, Chopper de developed an argumentative, cantankerous, and mischievous personality. Despite his personality flaws, he was a loyal member to his rebel crew. And so, this again, this is straight off of uh, Wikipedia, so thank you for that. Um, Chopper... It's. I mean, it says right there. He's cantankerous. He's he's argumentative. He's uh he's a he's very feisty. he's a very feisty uh droid. I believe Andrew, you had referred to uh Filoni's description of Chopper. Whereas uh, if R two D two is the loyal dog, Chopper is the a cat. A cat. <laughs> essentially, just wants to tr try every so often trying to kill uh you know their master. <laughs> yes. And I also I wanted to bring this fact up just right real quick why he is my number 1 and this is a fun fact uh, it's a little TLDR for everybody. The total kill tally for uh Chopper what's his body count? <laughs> he has 19 confirmed direct kills. Sick. <laughs> 49,997 estimated Indirect kills using sabotage, <laughs> 20 estimated kills using explosives, and three confirmed f kills of fellow astromechs and one other droid. Oof. This Jeez. dude had, like, Cold he's got blood blooded, in his treads. Cold-blooded killer. <laughs> so, like, you know, you have these B-1 battle droids, you have the super battle droids, you have Grievous, for goodness sake, you know, all these things. Dirge, I don't know. And then you come across Chopper, who's essentially a trash can with wheels. And even, like... Uh, going back to like, uh, what was it? B, uh, not BT. Was it BT? I think from, uh, the Afro series. Mm -hmm. He's the BT actual, one. the now, blast tech. I was, I was just about to ask. So with that body count, would you consider Chopper a murder bot? Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> and he's even more like a, a, he's a rebel murder bot. So he's, he's able to That's do right. a little subterfuge. He's able to disguise himself every so he often. He gets away with it. He does get away with it. It's pretty great. <laughs> so for my number one pick. It is Chopper. Chopper. That's right. fair enough. So my only comment on that is, so I didn't even rank Chopper because, as you Ooh. said, uh, you know, I'm I'm a dog guy. <laughs> uh, I, I did just get a cat, so I guess big, yes. big dog guy. And <laughs> and it's just like I'm just not, I'm not even entertaining that. Yes, Chopper is awesome, whatever, but he's too bloody for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's too much for me to uh, to unpack. So who's your number one, Andrew? So my number one, and sticking with this dogs and cats motif, <laughs> my number one overall pick, number two overall for the Roman Republic, oh. <laughs> <laughs> is in fact R2-D2. Hey. All right. All right. So my sort of... Uh, you know, non Star Wars answer to this is so I actually have a I have the Sphero like remote control droid. That's right. Version of R two, and it's like like Sully loves it, and <laughs> so it's like the first thing that really has like registered with him. That's like a Star Wars thing. He follows it around or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly. Cool. He just loves chasing after it. Oh um, my god. So, uh, so that's like the biggest part. I mean, beyond that, I'm fully in the camp 
of R2-D2 is actually the narrator of the story and the hero story. of the story. Uh, so We're just, hearing about it through his eyes. Exactly. The his scene, eye. Yeah. Well, the deleted scene from the end of or from Rise of Skywalker, after Rey says Rey Skywalker, it zooms out and you just see that R2-D2 has been filming it the whole time. Yes. So it makes sense. Exactly. But I guess for anybody not familiar with the character of R2-D2. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a Star Wars thing. Yeah. I, I feel like he goes hand in hand with Darth Vader at this point. Like, he's that <laughs> that popular of a character. That's probably true. R2-D2, pronounced R2-D2, and often <laughs> referred to as R2, was an R2 series astromech droid manufactured by Industrial Automation with masculine programming. Mm -hmm. A smart, spunky droid who would serve a multitude of masters over his lifetime, R2-D2 was never given a full memory wipe, apart from a partial wipe of select information Information by Cad Bane during the Senate hostage crisis. Nor did he ever receive new programming, with these factors resulting in an adventurous and independent attitude. Often finding himself in pivotal moments in galactic history, his bravery and ingenuity saved the galaxy on numerous occasions. R2 is just too much. I mean, it's crazy to think just like... Much like Chopper, he has that idea that it's selective memory. Like it's, he he's just it's never been deleted, so he has that old old war old world tech. Yes, I guess you could say. I can't imagine like how he even functions because like if you know if you do that with like your computer with your phone nowadays, like right. if you don't immediately update it, it just suddenly becomes a massive brick. <laughs> well, let's say let's also say to the point that like because of R two D two. Literally almost every other art astromech is referred to as an R2 unit. That's correct. Because simply because he's the most popular. Yes. You know, so even like Chopper, he's a C series astromech, but everyone who sees him, that's an R2 unit, right? right. Yeah. It's like, well, no. Even, yeah, Lamos. Even, uh, even yeah. R4. Yes. In uh, Star Wars. Is referred to as an R2 unit. Yes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this R2 unit's got a bad motor. No. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> so my question. What's R2's body count? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it's probably got to be pretty high. After, I mean, I mean, after a brief search, I did not find a conclusive answer right away. But <laughs> he th is, the, the discussion points, yeah. he arguably has an assist on every confirmed kill from the first Death Star. That's fair. That's, you know, that's also that fair. That would be millions. Yes. But, you, no, well, all right, if, if he has an assist... But he does. So he go gets a down. half point. Yeah, because like, he goes down right before the oh, kill, that's, the killing blow. That's, that's true. true. He doesn't use his targeting computer either. So, mm. so mm. he only. I don't know. Yeah, so he gets. We only see him get a couple. Like Luke gets a couple ties. Yeah. But he was. I mean, he was directly responsible for getting the Death Star plans. That's true. To the rebellion. So, that's true. Yeah, it's like a hockey assist. Well, yeah. To that end, secondary assist. Yeah. So. For my number two pick, if you if you would let me go a little further, uh, the only reason he was able to preserve those plans is because of a little red droid named R5-D4, otherwise known. <laughs> Skippy. Skippy the Jedi droid. Now we all know this story, uh, but I'm going to go back into it. Skippy the Jedi droid uh, was a, it's a non, it's not canonical anymore, but it was a, like a small run, like what if comic essentially about the red astromech, the red R2 that is uh, like first bought at the Lars homestead and then has a bad motivator and explodes. And then they're like, okay, we're going to take the blue one instead. And thus saves the galaxy that way. But we also find out through that in the comic and everything that Skippy is apparently force sensitive. Yes. Who knows? But that he has a higher calling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But to go at Skippy's 
canonical uh, story now, and we're referring, of course, to his story, the red one, from uh, <laughs> the, from a certain point of view. Yes, um, I think overall, like we we've we've talked up and down about those books in general, uh, but. That story is probably in my top five, and I think I even made as much like when we did a top five from those books. It was my fa- one of my favorite ones was his story, because he is an unsung hero of the rebellion. He, is. he has like he, there is even a point in his mind where he remembers the rebellion, so like he was probably serving with somebody, you know, and so he's just as much a hero as R two D two is, if not. But he's in a smaller capacity. Like I said, big things come in small packages, man. And our, I mean, our five D four. Not let's 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 not sugarcoat it. He's still around at the time of the Mandalorian, mind you. Yes. So he's still on Tatooine. He's still kick a butt one way or another. He's a very loyal droid, and all he ever wants is just some lubricant for his troubles. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's so. that's about it. Well, yeah. it's I mean, and you know, as you say, talking about the from a certain point of view story, and kind of deconstructing that a little further. It's mm-hmm. like his story is no different than like Rogue One. Oh no, yeah. Because of it like he, he is played, like a, the one sentence story. Yes, he played his his part to a T and without him the whole thing would have come crashing down. That's what makes that book so good. In fact, they're like if they didn't do this one thing, <laughs> none of this would have happened. Yes. You know. Oh my god, I love it. A lot, lot of respect for R5D4. So yeah, shout it out there Skippy for the Arlet Confederation second round traffic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyways, Andrew so the, my, Ru- the Roman Republic. The Roman, Roman Republic, Republic is on the clock. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> it's it's been thousands of years. <laughs> It'll last a thousand more. We got this uh, up and coming named Julius. Yes. <laughs> so my number two pick is, hmm. in fact, HK forty seven. <gasps> oh, I was hoping you'd go that way. Yes. Okay. HK-47 was a hunter-killer series assassin droid and Jedi hunter constructed by the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Revan, shortly after the end of the Mandalorian Wars in 3960 BBY. Wow. In the wake of widespread destruction caused by the Mass Shadow Generator, a superweapon used during the final battle of that conflict, Revan was inspired to seek more subtle methods of defeating his enemies. HK-47 was sent throughout the galaxy on his missions and successfully assassinated countless targets whom Revan had deemed threats to galactic stability and peace. However, HK-47 was badly crippled and captured on a mission in Mandalorian space shortly before Revan himself was captured by the Jedi Order. Oh my god. So here's my, you know, my kind of extra Star Wars, extra universe perspective. Of all the many, like, assassin droids, you've got your Mr. Bones, you've got your Triple Zeros, you've Mm -hmm. got all of these different, like, even like the IG series, uh, they all originate with HK-47. It is. I mean, even within, like, the canon, there's a lot of reference to, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, this crazy assassin droid protocol in yeah yeah uh like in mr bones i feel like they reference that in triple zero as well like uh so so certainly he's literally like their progenitor but (laughs) also like in terms of real life development he came before all of those other ones i feel that so first off 
I didn't realize that Revan actually built him. Built him, yes. So that's a that's a fun little correlation to Anakin and C-3PO at that point. Exactly. And that's why he has Sith lore in his, yes. in his memory banks. It's it makes like perfect the, sense. That's right. And it's it's basically the opposite. Uh, it's like poetry. Yes. It's a tone poem. It rhymes. <laughs> well, no. But secondly, I agree with you that he is the kind of benefactor. And like... Besides HK forty seven, like I'm, I, you know, I, I've never played the game. I, I've read the story. I've heard about him, but the only other reference to an HK unit I've ever heard was in the, it was the sequel to Death Troopers, uh, the one I think I talk about. That's like a, it. It takes place on the Sith world, uh-huh. and it's like a, the the zombie virus the zombie, takes yeah. over like Sith lords and stuff like that. But like the one helper droid that Sith Lord has there is an HK unit that's has essentially like a restraining bolt on it. But this one bounty hunter who's there, like, needs help, finds a restraining bolt, pulls it off, and he goes from being, like, a uh, Titan proper protocol droid to essentially just having, like, War Machine-esque shoulder pads of, like, Gatling guns and, like, rocket launchers (laughs) and stuff like that. So it's cool to know that, like, that series exists as as a droid series out there. But I agree, HK-47 is uh, definitely the progenitor. The one that kicked it off. The one that kicked it off. But we should st- we should state that the one that is, at least in my heart, the most popular uh, for the new canon because of HK-47 is my number three pick. We're at number three now, right? Yes. yes. Number three for the Arlette Confederation. <laughs> of course, Mr. Bones, the B-1 battle droid. Uh Mr. Bones, also simply referred to as Bones, was a heavily modified B-1 series battle droid with a murderous personality. He was constructed by Temin Wexley and built for con- uh, from components of the boy sca- uh, that the boy scavenged from the catacombs beneath Mira, the capital city of Akiva. Bones served as Temin's personal bodyguard in addition to be considering uh, he considered his friend and loyal companion. You imagine having him as a best friend. That would be the fun part. <laughs> yeah. What what kind of dog would you consider uh, Mr. Bones to be? If we're talking about dog versus cat. So if well, he's very loyal and he's also very deadly. So it'd have to be like a Chihuahua. <laughs> chihuahua. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, he he moves as limber as like a Chihuahua at that point. You know, you know how be like be ones fold up. Like one mm-hmm. of his one of his uh, like actual like methods of destruction essentially is folding up and just cannonballing into things. Like he'll take he took out I think he took out like a, a, a TIE fighter that way in one of the books. That's like he actually awesome. did yeah. a cannonball and went through the glass, <laughs> yeah. which is pretty sweet. Um he had a sadistic personality and would sing and or hum while attacking and maiming his victims. After Temin reunited with his mother, Nora Wexley, Temin joined the not nascent New Republic and helped Nora and her team hunt down Imperial War criminals. And so from then on, essentially, he just became sort of a bounty hunter droid in a sense, but it was more for war criminals than anything else. And again, who doesn't love the idea that like uh, the B1 series was already silly? Uh, you know, but who doesn't love the fact that he has like we've talked about this. He essentially has the memory core matrix of either HK forty seven and or General Grievous. Yes, you know, so he's he's got a lot of like cool things going for him. He's got a, a sword for one arm. He's got a blaster for the other arm, and his beak like is sharpened to a point so he can like <laughs> yeah. actually like peck you out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! No, no, no doubt. I mean, I, I won't say that. You know, I, I certainly always have that soft spot for HK, mm-hmm. um, but there's no doubt <laughs> that... Yes, uh, exactly. That's him. Essentially, Deadpool was a, a Detroit. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. And, then, and he's also adorned with like small animal bones. So when he moves around, it just sounds like yeah, a bag of bones. Yeah, it just rattles. Yeah, yes. that's awesome. Sorry, what were you saying? Well, I was just going to say, there's also no doubt that he is just like the coolest extrapolation <laughs> of that concept of just like the like the assassin droid. I feel that so much. Protector droid, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, he's a friend and a loyal <laughs> companion. That's right. Anyways, that's my number three. <laughs> Very good. So for my number three, mm. I am going to select L337. There All it right. is. All right. I was hoping someone would bring her up. Yes. I feel like she is truly the most complex droid character of all uh i know before we started rolling today we were kind of in a little bit of a childish gambino <laughs> mindset and i was I'm winning yes I'm i was winning. i was hoping that she would fall to me here uh, <laughs> i feel like i'm getting excellent value for a mid-round pick uh but Hell between yeah. her her fight for droid liberation her relationship with landonis balthazar calrissian <laughs> that's right and then her eventual continuing history as part of the Millennium Collective. Uh, there's just so many mysteries around that character that are... There is a lot like uh, left unsaid about who she was. Yes. And I, I agree with that. Like, especially just considering her... It, it's very complex. Like, we've heard the idea of droids kind of wanting, you know, freedom. Yes. You know, and stuff like that. But she's one of the first ones we've heard that's like, oh, I'm... To I'm demanded. I, yes. Demanded. I'm very independent. I'm very open. Yeah, she made herself, which is I think it's already a cool thing. Like right. She started off as a normal astromech and essentially just kept building parts onto her. Yeah. Uh, I'll read a moment on that. L three three seven, abbreviated L three or L three, or nicknamed Vufi, <laughs> was a feminine, custom self-made piloting droid associated with Lando Calrissian. Mm. who was active during the reign of the Galactic Empire. She was a one-of-a-kind droid, assembling and improving herself with scraps of other droids, including her torso, which she pieced together from an old astromech. Her brain module began as part of an R3 series astromech droid, including data from an espionage droid, custom coding, and protocol droid processors. Right. L3 was also built from already used protocol parts and was also an enlightened Navigator. She cared deeply about droid rights, a trait which led to her eventual demise. Oh, my God. So sad. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I mean, there is just so much story that can be told about L3. And that's just it. Yeah. We didn't get nearly as much time as we could have. Yes. You know. I know know this – the previous week was the Make Solo 2 Happen Push annual tradition. Yes. Uh, one day, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like she, maybe more than any other character, is the one that I want to see more from. I feel that. Absolutely. Just have her, like, have more conversation with her plus the other two droid brains. Yes. You know, I would imagine it's something like, remember in Age of Ultron, whenever Ultron and uh, Jarvis first meet, and it's that mm-hmm. meeting of the minds? That's kind of what I want to see. Yeah. I want to see them kind of connecting and becoming that <laughs> sisterhood. We're, so, you know, I've talked about how we're doing our Marvel rewatch, and that's where we're at right now. Cool. Uh, and so I actually just saw that scene last night. There you go. <laughs> now you can't unsee it. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> just saying, Ultron did nothing wrong. <laughs> Ultron was right. The age? More like the week. No. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right, so I guess uh, we're on to number four. Uh, number four pick for the Arlette Confederation over here is Hugh Yang. 
I wasn't sure if anyone. Hu Yang. Hu Yang, uh, the architect Hu droid Yang. professor. Um, no. You're not. All right, all right. You will be familiar with him. I'm going to lay it on us. Only to listen to this. Hu Yang was a Mark IV architect droid professor based uh, or aboard the Jedi vessel Crucible, who for a thousand generations taught Jedi younglings, including oh, Grandmaster yes. Yoda and Jedi Master Windu. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. How to construct their lightsabers following the gathering. During the clone years in 20 BBY, Hyun Yang accompanied Jedi Grandmaster Yoda, Ahsoka Tano, and a group of younglings to Ilum, where they began their journey towards becoming Padawans. During, uh, during this time, their ship was boarded by Weequay pirates led by Hondo Onaka. I had to bring him in at one point. <laughs> While Tano was, uh, was occupied with Onaka, one of the pirates crippled Hyun Yang, knocking off his head and both his arms. Later, during the rescue of Otano, the younglings were able to reassemble Hyun Yang. And I should mention that Hyun Yang was voiced by uh, the former Doctor Who actor David Tennant, which I thought was a very oh, cool really? thing. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. So, I actually watched this episode yesterday to refamiliarize myself with them. Uh, the episode is a test—a test of courage. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That day we see the pirates board their ship. First of all, before I even go into this character's description, I need to say this right out: Hondo is flying a flying saucer yes. in this episode. No joke. It is a spinning disc with like a, a steady center. It looks like straight from Mars Attacks. It is a flying <laughs> saucer in space. So let's just put that out there that in the Star Wars canon, flying saucers that are ship a viable. Exi- okay. Yes, <laughs> it's a viable ship design. It's so crazy. Anyways, apparently in the real world too. But I guess yeah, you know, but that's just it. You watch. Just it, you ask know. the Navy. Thanks, thanks, Tom DeLong. <laughs> <laughs> he was right all along. He was down, down, down. No, uh, so. Hu Yang, uh, this is this is a great scene. Whatever uh, he asked the you know the Jedi themselves to like see their crystals and everything like that, saying, "But what are crystals? But they're useless without you know the actual person to put their their feeling into it, their emotions into it." And this is another point where we get to exp- like experience how it all works. And you know, it's not as simple as just putting it in the lightsaber and expecting it to work. You have to give some emotion, give some feeling. You gotta you know put some life into said crystal. <laughs> Yes, and uh, it's very—it's a very good scene, and the droid itself has like multiple appendages. So there's a point where like he's talking to uh, Gunji, the Wookiee uh, Padawan, and he's like, you know, what do you see yourself, you know, using or whatever? And essentially, you know, Gunji is like, and it's like, well, yeah, you see yourself use it, but like, what do you feel? And tells him to feel it out, and that's where he comes. Aha, wood. Of course, you would want some wood, and so he goes into his drawers, and he has like he has like arms on his back, and he has arms on his front. And he's like looking through all these different drawers, trying to find these pieces. It's very cool, uh, very interesting design, and he's also just an elderly, elderly droid. Yeah, when he has this, uh, like the appearance of Hu Yang is very interesting. Like he almost has this like wind up mechanism. Mm. Uh, Definitely looks like a the old like um, Peru. No, I was gonna say uh, no. Um, it's a, ah, I can't think of the, the phrase. It's an art. It's an art phrase essentially. Like it's like a mannequin doll, like the the wooden doll. I don't know what I'm trying to get. At. Whatever. <laughs> I digress. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, he kind of has. I would say he has like an Art Deco kind of styling to right. him, uh, and he just like you know he he has this kind of very rigid mo- like mannerism mm-hmm. of moving and there's, yeah. There's a droid. Uh, I can't think of her name that is uh, involved with uh, Maz Kanata. Mm-hmm. It's it's a droid that's, that was at the castle like long before her. And like, it's like very, very old. 
the head design on that droid is almost the exact same design as it is on Q Yang. It's, yes. it's almost like a sharp horn, like on the side of their heads yes. sort of situation. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were of the same, like maybe it's the same generation of droid. Like maybe that was like the very first generation of them being made or something. Yeah. Who knows? I just, I just looked, looked up Hugh Yang and he was created at least a thousand years before 20 BBY. So there you go. So there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, like, again, that's just cool. And then the whole thing of being like, how can a droid teach Jedi, you know, how to do this or whatever? It's like, well, you know, he doesn't need he doesn't need the force to do it, but he sure is he's he's gotten himself just as close as he can without going, you know, too crazy or whatever. That's it. So yeah, that's my choice for number four. Very yeah. Nice. All right. I approve. My number four pick is 21B. <gasps> 21B was a 21B series medical droid that was a member of the Alliance to Restore the Republic. Along with FX. FX7 21B was stationed at Echo Base on Hoth and treated Luke Skywalker with that Acta 21B. after he had been attacked by a Wampa. 21B also treated Skywalker after his hand was amputated in a duel with Darth Vader on Bespin. <laughs> uh. 21B had long experience with humans since the times of the Old Republic, giving him a caring bedside manner. It was thanks to his or thanks to this, that Skywalker specifically requested 2-1-B's treatment following the loss of his hand. It's true. He was also able to perform extremely precise operations that left little to no scar on his patients. I I, I, I remember that droid's, like, story from the Empire, yes. from a certain point of view. And yes. there's a point where, like, she's like, I haven't seen this type of injury for years or whatever, you know, like, being it's a lightsaber, lightsaber. cut or whatever. Yep. And at one point, there's a point where she's like, she she says it real fast and real like real low, so it's like Luke can't hear it. But she goes, "May the force be with you." And I was like, "What?" It's like, <laughs> but she's trying to say, "May the force be with you." But she's just trying to say it fast so no one else hears. It's really funny. Yes. Um, that, yeah, that's that's a good choice. Yes. Just feel like you know you have your R five pick, mm-hmm. and it's kind of the same same story. He was there. He he was one of those background characters. You just wouldn't have noticed. Yes. You know. And it and it, the story wouldn't be the same without the tireless efforts of two one B. That's fair. Uh, anything anything else on that one? Or? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> okay, okay. No, it is a good choice. I agree with that. I like that choice. Uh, for my final final pick, my final Connor. overhead pick, um, I'm gonna go for one that I was I was kind of. This one is not canon anymore. That. With that being said, he was uh, one that I like first thought of when we did this, and it was like, oh, he's super important to the story for a few different reasons. So I have picked one one four D or four D as he is commonly known as. Now Andrew's nodding; he knows who I'm talking about. I do. One one four D, pronounced one one four D, and often referred to as four D or four D. That's how it's that's how it's written here. <laughs> um, was a masculine programmed multi appendage bipedal medical droid that served under several masters in the decades preceding the Clone Wars. So you can already tell this is a very old droid. 114D originally worked in a medical facility on the planet Abroa Sky before the Togruta uh, Elon Law captain of the freighter Wobegon became 114D's new master. In 67 BBY, the Mune Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Plagueis, killed the entire crew of the Wobegon on his trip to Ithor and took 114D into his possession, with the droid easily switching masters to the Mune. From then on, the 4D helped uh, his master uh, 
Master Plagueis with his work, including his search for immortality. And so to further on that point, 114D is essentially responsible for keeping Plagueis alive. Yeah. So if he hadn't done his job properly, you know, the, the whole Skywalker <laughs> saga wouldn't have wouldn't happened. Wouldn't have even happened. Yeah. But I digress. 114D is one of the he's one of the predecessors of 21B mm-hmm. uh, medical droids at that point. Yes. So I thought that was kind of a fun little nod at that point. Yes. Um, and he lives. I mean, he lives for generations. He sticks around to the point where I think he changes masters over to Palpatine. Yes. Uh, once Plagueis is dead. Yes, and, I, I do believe there's like a, a brief acknowledgement that he is now he in like, the service. Of yeah. Palpatine. He like he sees Plagueis and then looks at him and goes, "What's up, master?" Like, yeah. Essentially, it's like. <laughs> Well, I guess I'm yours now. Yes. You know, but even to that, like, that was like Plagueis' only real friend, which is kind of sad to say. <laughs> yeah. And like the interactions between 114D and Plagueis were always my favorite because he's so analytical. Like, yeah. he would just give up information and then Plagueis would come in and start just chewing up the scenery and just start talking about this and that and how the force works and all this kind of stuff. And he would just be like, hmm, okay. Whatever you say, sir. You know, stuff like that. So 114D is my pick, my number five pick for the Arlette Confederation. All right. I approve. So that Mm -hmm. leaves my final choice. Final round pick. And I'm going to go with IG-11. (laughs) All right. I should, before you go any further, I should say that was Eva's wild card pick. I I will make mention. So I'm glad you're bringing this up for, so... (laughs) Yes, he, he does make it. IG-11, also known as IG-11, or simply as IG or IG. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta well, love Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah it's all it fantastic. This is awesome. Was a masculine programmed IG series assassin droid who was a bounty hunter during the New Republic era. IG-11 was programmed to follow protocols of the mm. Bounty Hunters Guild and had a built-in self-destruct mechanism to prevent himself from being <laughs> captured while working as a hired gun. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, of particular note, though, I will say, yes, he's an assassin droid and mm-hmm. blah, blah. But where IG-11 really comes into his own is as a nurse droid. Yes. The uh, reprogramming. Yes. The uh, reprogramming by the Ugnaught Queel. <laughs> uh, but let me just tell you that, speaking from personal experience, we're, we're kind of on the backside of this now. Mm-hmm. Sully's a strong, independent man. Doesn't need anybody. That's fair. But... It would have been really nice along the way to have, <laughs> to have a nurse droid. Yeah. <laughs> Protector and caretaker. Just having the dog come in, it's like, if you come any closer, I have no f- choice but to kill you. It's like, no. <laughs> She's well, probably trying to threaten yeah. the mailman. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just want to see IG-11 in like a pink like uh, apron, you know, like yes. a flower apron. That's all he needs. Yeah, baking some cookies or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, I think one of the more obvious picks would be like for IG-88 because that's the OG IG at that point. OG <laughs> IG. Yes. Uh, but IG-11 has definitely made the series of Droid much more popular. Yes. Um, so with that being said, excellent choice. Excellent choice for the, for the number five there. Thank you. Do you have I, any honorable mentions? I do. I have exactly one, if you don't mind. Go for it. And one I want to bring up is a relatively new uh, edition, and he was actually featured in a recent episode of The Bad Batch. Okay. I'm referring to Clink, if anyone uh, remembers Clink right off the bat. Uh, he was an LE series repair droid who comes to the aid of The Bad Batch in a timely fashion. Um, he quickly takes the role of uh, – or uh, he goes along with Echo and the two other astromechs to basically put their ship back together. 
and the uh, CG67, which is essentially the C3PO of the group, uh, is like acts like an exasperated parent. Yes, you know, and basically just saying I'm the one in charge of whatever, mm-hmm. and then like Clink is like, hell no, we're gonna follow Echo. Yeah, and I liked, I just liked Clink's uh, overall demeanor. He kind of looked like. Uh, I can't remember the, the damn name, but the the robot from uh, Power Rangers that had like the accordion arms and oh, legs. Oh yeah! Oh uh, my god! Ay 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 ay! Yeah. Oh wow, that's why is that escaping my brain? Uh, all I'm getting at is that's that's what uh, that's what he reminded me of, but on a very much like on a much smaller scale. It's it's R two D two, but instead of having just the legs, he has little appendages. Yeah. You know, he waddles. And he has a little spinny Alpha head. Five. Alpha, Alpha Five. Alpha Five. That's right. Ay, 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 ay. That's, yeah, that was him. <laughs> so, yeah, Clink. I thought he was fun. And then, like, at what you know, whenever Echo takes over, he's like, oh, yeah, we got a boss now. And Clink's <laughs> just kind of taking management. And I guess that series, the LE series, does make appearances through uh, Star Wars Resistance. Mm-hmm. So it, he's not the first of his kind. Yes. But that was the first time I had ever seen him. So I just wanted to bring him up. I thought it was a fun little addition. Very nice. So that's my honorable mention. No no disagreement there. Uh, my quick list, uh, PZ4CO. Hmm. She is the blue uh, like protocol droid with the really long neck ah. in the sequel trilogy. Yes. Or yes. at least in the first two films of the sequel trilogy. That's yes. And my only comment on her is any droid with a neck inspired by Yariel Poof has a spot on my list. It's just way too long. It's got to be a hell of a sore throat. Yes. Uh, and then I have both Triple Zero and BT-1. They're a combined thing. I yeah. That. That's a package deal. That's yeah. a package deal. You can't have one without the other. And I mean, I do, as discussed, like we, you know, I picked HK, you picked Mr. Bones. Like, I feel like you couldn't have one without the other. At right. That point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think those are just like the best examples, like even IG-11, you yes. know, who made my, who made the cut. There are, let's just put it out there. There's a lot of murder bots. There you are. Know, it's, That's right. It's a, it's a matter of what fashion you want to go for. You know, you want to go prim and proper, go for, you know, triple zero. That's that's kind of where it's at. And then you want to just go like above and beyond. You go for HK or Bones. Yes. You know. Fair enough. And so. then my, my final one is Treadwell. <laughs> the, the, the universal background character. Yes. I International droid of mystery. Yes. Uh, he starts life <laughs> I'm on. I'm treading over here. Yeah. He, he starts life on the Lars farm and then somehow. Ends up on Echo Base. Yeah. He's on Echo Base. And then he's back on Tatooine in the. <laughs> Uh, care of Amy Sedaris. God, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, all, all kinds of good stuff. Yes, it's a good, it's a good honorable mention. I like that. Thank you. Well, Brian, we've uh, we've narrowed it down, uh, five or one to five on our picks. Uh, who did good overall? Who did bad overall? And why? Well, you both did great. Oh, well, you have that... made this very difficult for Daniel, me. That was the point. So. Uh, <laughs> When you, as soon as you included the honorable mentions, you hit all the ones that I was hoping to see. Uh-huh. So we mentioned them. That's, we should say. Exactly. There's that. Lots of great, lots of great droids out there. Yeah. And the, also we should say that this isn't going to be our only time around with this. I, oh, I, no. Because we talked about other ideas of doing like best overall, worst overall, funniest, worst, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. So we'll come back to it. But that being said. Yes. So yeah. I'm thinking my imaginary uh, criteria here is... You put, I, you put together a droid crew, best five, mm. and I'm going to give them a mundane task and have them carry it out. I think both of your teams would would make for a great uh, great storytelling. 
you think about it, because we both have protectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has HK, I have bones. We both have Astromex. He has R2D2, I For have sure. Chopper. You um, both have medical droids. That's true. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I have a. I have you guys, a, you guys both assembled very capable teams. I was gonna say I have a. I have um, a, a lightsaber manufacturer. Mm-hmm. And um, what's the number? What's the other one? He's got a one hell of a pilot navigator droid. That's right. Mm. Cool. <laughs> Honestly, the more I weigh this, I think my deciding factor is L three. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew, I gotta give it to you. All right, fair enough. Well, good thank job. You. Good that job, was, everybody. As I say, that I was nervous about that one that she would make it that far, <laughs> and I was very excellent value in the third round. She's Absolutely, like mid round pick that you can start on day one for sure. For sure, <laughs> good choices. I liked it all around. Excellent. Um, well, that being said, uh, do we want to finish it out with? Uh, a new kind of quiz today? Some trivia. Some trivia. Let's do a little trivia. All right. All right. <laughs> nice. So, uh, Duncan, how do you want to do this? So, we're, so what we're going to do, just to give a background on this, we're not doing a BuzzFeed one today. We're going to be doing uh, Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. Um, so, in my hand, I have a selection of Star Wars Trivial Pursuit cards. Okay. We're going to do best of seven. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question. First one to raise your hand. First one. Uh, do, do we want to slam the table? Slam the table. Let's, Let's make it a little more interactive. Yeah, exactly. Don't Let's hit see. it hard because we all have like drinks and stuff. Oh, hit like, it hard. Just like that. <laughs> we're gonna need you. We're gonna need to get some buzzers going forward. Yeah, we'll get there. We, we'll get there. Okay. So I'm gonna ask you a question. First one to buzz in, you get the opportunity to answer. If you get it right, you get the point. If you don't, pass it other on. person. Gets the steal. We're best. gonna go best of seven questions. Let's do it. All right. <coughs> All right. To start this out. Oh, that's that's too easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's start out that way. That's right. So I have not pre-selected these questions. I'm looking at each card mm-hmm. and f- finding the best one. It's fair. Okay. <laughs> Who covered Biggs while he destroyed a deflection tower on the Death Star's surface? Oh, oh, I don't know. Is that, that was. I'm him. not that sure. Okay, him. Andrew. Well, I, actually, I'm. I'm gonna give it to Connor. You take it. It was Porkins. Correct. Yeah. That's yes. Connor. Right with you, Connor. Three. With one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not gonna read that question. It's okay. It's okay. That's been changed now. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, question number two. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> what did the Death Star's officer conclude about the Falcon when he was unable to find any life forms on life forms aboard? That was Connor. I uh, must have been the they they must have jettisoned life like the the emergency pods. Uh, Incorrect. Damn it! All right. You want me to uh, read again? Yes. What did the Death Star's officer conclude about the Falcon when he was unable to find any life forms aboard? But I, I feel like I agree with what Connor said. It was something along the lines of like, <laughs> like they must have they must they have jettisoned jumped, before they, they jumped to hyperspace. Hyperspace. Like that. No. All right. Nope. Oh, what is it? <laughs> Correct answer is that it was a decoy. 
Oh, what? Mm. I mean, if we go back and listen to it, I bet they're, I bet they're going to say something yeah, like that. Yeah, something similar. Okay. All right, maybe well. that might maybe was like one of the stormtroopers who went on board. And yeah. Was like, There's no uh, no life pods on board, sir. At this point, this is one of those ones where we would have paid a dollar back. Yes. <laughs> <that's> right. <laughs> okay. So moving on, we'll we'll make this two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which side of C-3PO's chest did the Jawas attach a restraining bolt to? That's Andrew. Uh, left side. Incorrect. Oh, God, I guess. <laughs> no. This is right side. Okay. There's two for Connor. Honestly, I was. I thought it would be over his heart. That's what I was thinking. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a perspective question. Well, and now I'm like, okay, maybe it's like taking into like the mirror imaging and then when you're, I don't know. Yeah, the the (laughs) Disney cuts, they they flipped everything. McClunky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. No, that's not a good one. (laughs) We're we're doing our uh, our pre-pro live. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What did Luke use to distract Vader while he retrieved his lightsaber in Cloud City? Hmm. I'm gonna do Connor. I uh, a box. I don't know. Incorrect. Dang it. I was trying to think of what it was. <laughs> um What did Luke use to distract Vader while he retrieved his lightsaber in Cloud City? Gas. From the, the carbonite gas? Was it the carbonite gas? I don't know. I don't think he lost his lightsaber then. I'm looking for was... a vessel. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. All right. We, I give up. I don't know. A hose. Oh, oh that's a, right. He slices hose. the hose in half to, yeah. Okay. That was a hard one. <laughs> but Some of these are, are pretty difficult. That's why okay. it's, it's a pursuit of trivia. That's right. Or a pursuit, barely. Who, according to Darth Vader, allowed himself to be destroyed? Mm. Andrew. Obi-Wan. That's correct. So wait, is it 2-2? Two, two? Two, I believe 2-1, right? 2-1. Okay. 2-1-B. Okay. <laughs> <Two>, <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> From 10 minutes ago. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to keep it fresh. Mm. Mr. Bry. All right. That card is no good. <laughs> Those questions, garbage. That's completely fair. Okay, let's keep it moving. I don't. I mean, like it could be as hard or as easy as. as Ooh. Okay. As Here we go. What ships were ordered to refrain from combat during the second Death Star battle? Ah. Uh, I'm gonna say the uh, the star destroyers. Yep. Correct. We only need to keep them from escaping. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's three one, three one Connor. Mm-hmm. Best of seven, so we're going first to first to four. First to four. First to four. Okay. Like the Islanders. <laughs> I don't know. I'm too soon, man. <laughs> too soon. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I trust you. Bet it, bet. Oh my gosh. The, the 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 tension is palpable. It is very palpable. I should say that we like we used to do this as uh as a as a source of income. 
That's which true, is, yeah. Which is silly. Go ahead and vent. Tell, tell the story of how we used to do this so, while I find the, the appropriate <laughs> question. So when we were when we were still in a band uh, in our younger years, uh, and we would go to shows and everything, in lieu of selling T-shirts and stickers and your usual fair, fanfare, um, we sold knowledge. And we did. It was, it was pretty simple because between... We sold knowledge. <laughs> between Andrew and it myself... to school. And, uh, and our, our Brandon, who's a, a favorite of the show, uh, like... We would sit down and we would offer any person, it would be 25 cents. You could pick any card you wanted out of this huge deck and you could ask us exactly one question on the card for 25 cents. If we got it right, we kept a quarter. If we got it wrong, you got a dollar back. Yes. And more often than not, we were able to keep, you know, a pretty <laughs> keep substantial. Keep those quarters. Yeah, it was pretty good. Because we were Making just, some money. We were just nerdy as I hell about yeah. it. I feel like our biggest like takeaway was like a $10 yeah, something like that. Well, there was Night. one. There was one kid who kept playing and playing and playing, <laughs> yeah. and I, I ended up losing because of all things. And now I'm laughing at it, but but it was Darth Plagueis. <laughs> the answer was Darth Plagueis, and that's always one of those Plagueis! things. Like, I'm, it's gonna. I'm never gonna forget you Plagueis on you. again. Yes, uh, somewhere that kid is laughing. Yes, he is. That's Gene. I remember it was Gene. <laughs> oh, was it Gene? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, Gene, Gene. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Anyways, all right, here we go. Here's a good one. How many TIE Fighters did the Falcon blast on screen in the second Death Star battle? On screen? On screen. How many TIE Fighters did the Falcon destroy in the second Death Star battle? Connor. I'm going to say three. Correct. Yeah. For the win. (laughs) Oh, my God. Am I good at that movie? I love Return of the Jedi. I have it on Blu-ray. Not (laughs) Blu-ray. Laserdisc. (laughs) (laughs) Betamax. You can tell I, I paid attention just because of that high that high definition. I was able to that see was, all three. Yes. <laughs> all three. All three TIE fighters get destroyed. Legitimately, I was thinking to myself because I I watched that stupid scene so much, and it's like there's a point where like you see it, you see him flying through the explosion of one, mm-hmm. and then it goes to the point of view from the cockpit, and he shoots two more right then and there, and it's like that's the only two I could think of. <laughs> and like, that's correct. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yes. I was originally going to be like, well, he only shoots the one off of Luke's back. But then I was thinking to myself, wait, you said second Death Star. <laughs> That's so right. I had to catch myself a little bit on that. But, but I would guess that was still six. Oh, because yeah. like he it ping pongs off of the other one flying. That's fair. Like, but even at that, do you also include like the turret? Yeah. Like, you know, at that point. Yeah. That's well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. So it'd be the four from the turret and then those two. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Death Star One would be my guess. We'll uh, we'll see if we find find that, <laughs> question, find that question in this pile a later round, and if I'm correct or not. Well, I should say that uh, in in any in any other case, I had a really great time, and I'm glad we were able to get together and do this. Um, drafts are always fun. Um, I know that we we want to do like you know we we've had options in the back in in, in the past uh, of other ones we want to do so. Again, we could do a whole different type of droid draft in the future, uh, something similar to a, a pilot draft where we actually put our crew together or something like that. Um, but to that end, uh, if you ever want to, if you have any other ideas for drafts or anything like that, you can always hit us up at our Instagram page at Greedo Shot First Podcast or on our Twitter page at, at First Greedo. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email, you can check us out at Greedo Shot First pod at gmail.com that's all one word greedo shot first pod at gmail.com if you want to listen to the episodes you can check us out on spotify or on apple Podcasts, where you can leave a rate and review because it really helps the show or you can check us out at reggieshousepodcast.com that's our own website and check up on any past episodes that we've done let me ask people mm-hmm. more vociferously 
mm. for some fresh reviews. Please. I mean, I don't really have much more to say beyond that, but I just don't think I, it looks like our numbers haven't really moved much lately. And mm. so I'm just feeling like, you know, if you're listening to the show, you like what we're doing, please literally it takes one button click to give us a five star rating. And even at that, yeah, just a thumbs up. That's all we need. Yeah. You know, and just show us that you're, you know, you're enjoying it and let us know if there's anything we can do to make it more exciting. Exactly. Yeah. We want to keep doing this for you all. And, you know, little, little help, little love goes a long way. That's what I say. And with all that being said, I had a great time. Brian, did you have a good time? Yeah, I had a wonderful time. Andrew, you have a good time? It's a boring conversation anyway. I bet it was. It was.